Okay, well, uh, shall we um, yes. get started here? Welcome back to City on the Edge, the podcast where we tell Albuquerque stories. I'm Ty Bannerman. Uh, with me, as always, oh, Mike Smith. Hey. And? Nora Hickey. Right. And today we're going to take a trip back 110 years uh, through the magic of internet archives Whoa. of newspapers. We're going to be looking at the, uh, the events of... November 3rd through 10th, 1909, as reported in the Albuquerque Journal at that time. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. We <laughs> could talk about this for episodes. Like, this could be a 10-episode arc or something. Absolutely. So really, yeah. Uh, I find it a fascinating little peek back at, at you know, the minutia of the day. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Totally. What's the what do the people say about journalism that it's the the first draft of history and, Ooh, and like here we are seeing you know wow. this very <laughs> you know it's very much like this is not the agreed upon narratives or anything like that it's just this messy day to day reality of Albuquerque and New Mexico yeah. and America at that time it's crazy so I thought so, maybe we'd yeah. start with uh, like did you notice anything as a overall trend uh, from the the newspapers of 1909 like what kind of life it was depicting or how it was being written about. Uh, uh, me personally, I um, I noticed that there were people were either for or against prohibition. There were there seemed to be articles about that, and it was it was brewing in the yeah. national consciousness. Yeah, no pun intended. And um, uh, what else? Um, you know, I thought that in some ways they it, they were, the articles were like gentler. It just seemed like it was like a nicer. Uh, oh. Attitude in general. I know it was still exclusive, and there were there was yeah. racism, and there was all this old stuff. But it just it felt like less mean or something reading through the newspapers. Oh, but um, like case in point in in uh, and I'll I'll bring this up when we when we uh, go through this in more detail. But mm. I found like a really interesting celebration of immigrants sending money to other countries from here, and it was like in the conservative. Ish Albuquerque Journal at right, the time, you yeah. know, it, like they thought like, that was a cool thing. Yeah, like, and it was predicted in the Bible. They're like America, like this, the Promised Land will make the world, you know, oh. uh, more wealthy and you know okay. will increase. And it was like, wow, that yeah. changed in 110 years. That attitude is not. Wow. <laughs> you know. How about you, Nora? Um, I noticed that the, which must have been a convention of journalism at the time, but there weren't many or any new mexican stories on the front page right so i was curious hmm. about the audience and you yeah. know what they wanted to know about um but something that jumped out which was surprising was uh an article on emmeline pankhurst the english suffragette yeah. um, giving an inspiring speech and then some colorado suffragettes planting a sign on pike's peak that said um votes for women and i was like right cool. on yeah, yeah there was a lot of suffragette stuff mm -hmm. being talked about at that point and that's great um windows getting broken and stuff like that people getting arrested like that was definitely like a big topic of mm. the day um that's what i also kind of fixated on as far as like the national news yeah. aspect of it um and then the other thing that sort of caught my eye was there were large sections of the paper devoted 
to the doings of secret societies. Oh, I know. Seemed kind of like counter to the point of having a secret society. <laughs> First rule of secret society: tell everyone. <laughs> Put have a paper. column in the paper. Yeah, but I, I think you know it just shows up like popular the Elks or whoever were right. back right. then. Like that yeah. was like a major social outlet, so you could just go join them. Of course, most of them were limited to like white men, but right. Um, right. But if you were if you were a white man. Then yeah, that was options. what you did. That you had a the... lot to choose from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, there was literally a regular column in there, Albuquerque Secret Societies, which yeah. would be a great some title of something. I don't know what that should be. But Write that essay, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, essay or um, yeah, maybe an album title or something. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Venue. Well, uh, um, before we get into the, the yeah. old news, is there any new news we should talk about? It's uh, November 11th, uh, 2019. Hmm. The art project just had its like oh. third or fourth uh, announced um, beginning of, of buses running. November thirtieth. Yeah, it's November thirtieth. Oh. I guess I don't know. Like I said, I we've mean, been through this before. No kidding. Right? The art project that cried wolf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I did see the buses on Central this weekend. Oh really? Oh yeah, good. Going for their That's test cool. runs. So. Oh interesting. interesting. They're diesel now instead of electric. Huh. Uh, supposedly clean diesel whatever that means. yeah i just put the word clean in yeah. front of things and it means it's clean <laughs> then it's okay <laughs> god that's so true <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> now in a green package wow. yeah um but i'll i'll ride it when it starts yeah. up it's going to be free for a little while anyway i want to see yeah no i want it to do well i mean that's why we weren't anti anti-art at the very beginning because we like right. the city needs you know better public transportation but yeah but boy, it's sure been a fiasco. I think it seemed like everything uh, that could have gone wrong did go wrong yeah. with the art project. Like, yeah. uh, the construction was interminable. The yeah. uh, buses were originally right. like fraudulent. Like they were right. There was right. so much corruption. Paving company. the same stretch multiple times. Yeah. Um, then the then the stations were the wrong size. Like They're right. sick. ugly looking too. Come of, on. Yeah, stations. <laughs> um, and then when they actually <laughs> got the buses. They couldn't run them without attaching a generator to them to supply the electricity huh. so they could hold a charge the whole time. Do you remember Whoa. that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So this has been a long <laughs> time coming. Yeah. Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah. Some of this is going to be also relevant when we talk about one of the news items I got here about oh, yeah? Whitcomb. Let me get to Whitcomb. <gasps> Whitcomb. Whitcomb. Okay. History well, repeats itself. Yes. Should we jump into our time machine and go back to 1909 then? And Sounds good. Yes. Start off? Ty, tell our listeners why 110 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, everybody does 100 years ago, and it just seemed to me, let's, let's, let's be a little bit different. Let's kind of buck the trend a bit. Let's uh, carve out our own path. That's um, nice. Yeah, well, and, and certainly it wasn't just because I miscalculated <laughs> when I was do doing my addition. With you basic being a addition. humanities major? Yeah, no, I, I, I had thought 1909 was 100 years ago. Because, yeah, uh, I'm so not funny. a math guy. That's funny. Yeah. And basic addition and subtraction is beyond me, apparently. So that's But nice. it led us to interesting stuff. Totally. Yeah, totally. totally. I'm, yeah, it's uh, no harm, no foul. It's great. I'm very happy with 1909. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> really we interesting. We're going to do 100 years. Well, we're going to do 110. That's right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah we're beating those other history podcasts about Albuquerque. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's steal a, uh, a page from the. Uh, Stuff you should know, guys, and go back into the Wayback Machine. Right. 
and uh, nice. take you to the uh, the day of uh, November third, nineteen oh nine, a Wednesday. Um, just to give you a quick uh, quick look at the headlines on the front page. So this is national news. Okay. We've got Tammany elects mayor loses control of municipal cash box. Wow. Um, I don't know. Trace Draper wins by narrow margin. Who knows what that's about? Um, Tammany. Republican gain in Indiana. Fatal quarrel in Kentucky. So anyway, just the only thing I mm. recognize there is Tammany, right? Yeah, Tammany's in a tree grows in Brooklyn. They like send everybody out on a fun day, like go on the ferry and have a lunch and have an adventure and all this stuff and then be sure you vote for Tammany right after. Yeah. Um, the only thing I really know about Tammany Hall was what I learned in uh, in uh, Gangs of New York, oh, the uh, Martin right. Scorsese oh, yeah. movie, where Tammany was played by... Um, Oh, a British actor I can't remember, but he was he was wonderfully corrupt, uh, but and not as violent <laughs> as everybody else. Huh. But if you go back to the back pages, that's where you find the uh, the local Albuquerque news. And one story that caught my eye right off the bat was titled "Beautiful Girl in Dire Re- Need of Rescue: Impassioned <laughs> Appeal to Albuquerque Man." Colonel W. S. Hopewell picked out as a satisfactory mark for the time-worn Spanish swindle. And let me What just... in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let me uh, pull up my little page here. So this is what's uh, written, in the, uh, written in the paper. Yesterday, Colonel Hopewell received a letter from that dear Madrid over which King Alfonso and the little Alfonso's rule supreme. The letter covers four closely written pages, teeming with passion, thrilling with hairbreadth escapes, fairly burning with adventure, and sprinkled every few lines with visions of riches so vast that building railroads compared to it as the revenue of a peanut stand compared to that of a military emporium. The letter runs that Eduardo Blanco's mother was a sister of Colonel Hopewell's mother, and that she married a Spanish gentleman of great riches and high position, The rich Spaniard was forced to leave Spain and change his name to Hopewell. He loaded $600,000 in pieces of eight and golden doubloons and as much in diamonds and rubies and other precious stones into a steamer trunk. He was pinched and chucked into the Juzgado, which is Spanish for jail. Fortunately, the precious trunk remains safe in the hands of the customs, and it can be got out for $2,000. Eduardo suggests that Colonel Hopewell hustle over here with a draft for $2,000 in American money, sent to a friend trusted and true who will get the trunk out of soak and split the contents between the colonel, the beautiful daughter in distress, the friend, and the gent in the juzgado. So there is probably, at this exact moment, a, an email sitting in my spam folder <laughs> that has the basic <laughs> outlines of this letter, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, although usually today it's someone from Nigeria. Uh, right. Uh, claiming to be related to a, a prince or some mm. government official with a bunch of money, and all I have to do is send them a certain amount of money, and then they will send me a check or a money order or something, and I'll be rich beyond my wildest it's dreams. It's true. Scams exist. They do, and I was... And they did. And they <laughs> did, and it's basically the same scam. Yeah. It's ever so slightly different, and oh my what I found remarkable here was not only is it the same scam, but it says... Um, in the headline, uh, time-worn Spanish prisoner swindle. So it was already old by wow. that point. Wow. <laughs> so, 1909. Yeah. And I, um, 
I looked it up on uh, on Wikipedia. The Spanish prisoner swindle yeah. is what it's called. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, started soon after the Spanish-American War. Wow. Because, you know, the idea was that Americans were reading the news and knew that there was this business going on with Spain and the overturning of kind of colonialism. Huh. And they're, you know, so they were following the news. And so it gave these letters a little grain of truth to them so that w if an American received it in the mail, and at that point they're like handwritten, you know, right. they're on, it's, it's right. like a real right. letter in the mail. Then they, um, then they might be a little bit more intrigued, you wow. know, than if it were someplace uh, that they'd never heard of. So mm. that's why it's called the Spanish Swindler. Uh, the Spanish prisoner swindle wow. at this time. Huh. And of course, now it's changed for um, the favorite, my favorite uh, Nigerian prince email that I've ever received uh, was detailing a um, an astronaut stuck on the International Space Station who wow. uh, <laughs> who needed variant. some money to get down. So you know, it, it's it's taken these different forms throughout the years, but the basic idea is the same. Wow, that's a good one. Send money, yeah, right, for some purpose. Ugh. That Send seems money like a lot of money. money. It is a lot of money. Yeah. Back Two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars American would be loads. I don't know what it would be. Like that's a lot right now. <laughs> I was about to wire a check on behalf of myself and my then wife in like two thousand or something like that we were trying to sell a car yeah. and this guy was like i'm i'm just moving into the country and um uh i can i can i give you write you this larger check and have you give yep. me change back and we're like oh sure you're just moving here that's cool yeah, you know like sense, like right? had a nice Mike, conversation you innocent <laughs> fortunately the wire service uh, flagged it and was like, this is a scam. I'm really glad they I'm did. Glad. Me too. That was me a too. very common one. There's even a little sign at my uh, huh. at my bank that warns you about it huh. if you're standing in the li in line at uh, New City yeah. Credit Union. I had never like, heard of such a thing. But no, but it, it got yeah. that one got real popular. This one's what? different in that they expected two thousand dollars, and then the idea being that if you send the two thousand dollars, you've got sunk cost, right? And so then the person writes back and he's like, great, I filed the appropriate paperwork. It's just going to take a little while. There's a few other things I've got to take care of. It's going to be another like $1,000 huh. to do that. And so you keep sending uh, money because, of course, you've already invested. Interesting. And I just punched up on the inflation calculator. $2,000 in 1913, close enough, yeah. uh, would be $51,870. What a horrible money, scam. So. <laughs> Woo. And back then, that's like, well, now you're going to starve to death. Yep. You know, like also oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, man. So then, um, moving on to uh, November fourth, uh, there was a an item in the paper in the um, in the secret society section that I mentioned okay. before. It says "Big Chopping Bee" by Albuquerque Camp of the Modern Woodman. <laughs> Neighbors, take notice. You are called upon to respond to the call of your fellow woodmen with your beetle, axe, and wedge that we may make <laughs> this forest ring with the sound of the merry choppers of Albuquerque Camp number 13,303 who have arranged to give a chopping bee November 18th at 8 p.m. in the Modern Woodmen of America rooms. Bring your friends that we may demonstrate to them what woodmen are. Wow. So does this ring any bells no, to you guys? No, never heard of this. No. You ever yeah. spend any time in Fairview Cemetery? I know, Mike, you oh, and I. Yeah, yeah. There's a section there of uh, gravestones that are all um, 
in the form of tree trunks. Oh, that's oh, I've seen those tree trunk graves. Okay, huh. so that's actually huh. a slightly different organization. That's huh. called the uh, the Woodmen of the World, but it was founded by the same guy. So uh, the man yeah. who founded Woodmen of the World and Modern Woodmen of America, David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a uh, Joseph Cullen Root. First, he founded Modern Woodmen of America in uh, in Omaha, in Lyons, Iowa. After he heard a pastor telling a parable about pioneer woodmen clearing away forests to build homes, and um, he saw in it a metaphoric resonance for clearing away obstacles so that people could found their own, you mm. know, security mm. in the future, and and he took that to uh, mean getting together huh. as people and holding uh, chopping bees. A chopping bee wow. is usually when a bunch of people cut a bunch of wood together. Right. But in this case, it was actually like uh, men, again, white men, getting together and talking about the obstacles that they faced in their lives huh. and trying to find ways to overcome them together. Group therapy. So huh. metaphorically huh. chopping away oh, wow. the trees that... Uh, that so, uh, so they didn't do them. literal chopping? No, they didn't. Huh. I was disappointed in that. I huh. was hoping that they were actually out there chopping. Um, huh. How interesting. At some point, uh, Joseph Cullen Root became like disenchanted with uh, with his board at the Modern Woodmen of America, and seven years later, he founded another organization called the Woodmen of the World that had a similar metaphor, but in this case, it was entirely uh, formed around the idea of life insurance. What? And if you became um, insured <laughs> through the Woodmen of the World organization, one of the benefits was that on your death, you would be given one of these fancy um, uh. headstones that oh, looks wow. like a tree. Huh? And if you go to Fairview Cemetery mm. or um, uh, Sunrise, uh, right. I can't remember what it's called right now, but... Um, any of the older cemeteries around here, you're, you're bound to find a few of these tree trunk uh, yeah, that's right. headstones. I asked one of the skeletons there, was it worth it? And they're like, oh, definitely. Like, <laughs> Look at that. It's so fancy. It is pretty cool looking, i got to say. <laughs> yeah, always like in the older part, so it's pretty yeah. run down. But I've never striking. seen a wooden headstone. Green well, it's not actually wooden, but they, it's they oh, look oh, like stone that looks oh. like carved trunks. Now, both of these organizations still exist today, and you can actually get life insurance. It's called Wood Life now, um, hmm. through the organizations like Woodman Life. Uh, and there is a modern Woodman of America, also life insurance now, uh, office here in Albuquerque. It seems like what? there's one guy selling the, uh, selling the life insurance That's there. That's weird. I read that article. Go. Ty, you have to go visit him. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, seriously, man. The the last of this weird secret society. That, yeah, well, it yeah. combined <laughs> this uh, these elements of life insurance and like the Masons, right? So, um, if you look at the uh, modern Woodmen of America, particularly, uh, there are websites devoted to them, and they're you know they had like special garments that oh they wore gosh. and secret symbols and. Like the at their meetings, the the leader would hold an axe, you know, and have a little funny hat and everything. Like they really, mm. they played up that aspect. Like you weren't just buying life insurance; you were like joining this club. That's of, crazy. Uh, kind of Mason knockoffs. I went to an Odd Fellows meeting once. It was like one of these societies, and like yeah. the wives of all the guys that were in it were like out of sight, out of mind, in the kitchen doing all the cooking mm. and all the preparing and all that stuff. And then they had a presentation from a dairy farmer, and they're like, "He's the Michael Jordan of dairy farming." And like, <laughs> and they had him come out, and 
He was kept pointing at all the different parts of the cows. These udders. That, oh, that's good. <laughs> There's udders. So that was the Oddfellows meeting. Yeah, mm. it was in Virginia. Yeah, there, well, it was, you know, like I said, it's like a big part of like yeah. a social yeah. life yeah. was getting together. Yeah. There wasn't that much to do in Albuquerque. I guess, yeah. And a the, lot of these little towns. And those organizations were powerful and connected. If you look at the Mason records from in early yeah. New Albuquerque, it's all like the presidents of UNM and the bank presidents. And right. that's like where they were conspiring, basically. Like, it's, yeah. you know, like... You know, yeah. Oh, what are we gonna do? We're like in in this inner circle, and we have yeah. influence with each other. And yeah. we're all pals. We're in the same yeah. club. You know, so yeah. of course you're like a little nicer to your clubhouse members. Totally. Um, Weird. Yeah, the Oddfellows are still around. Masons are still around. Huh. The huh. Benevolent Order of the Elks are still around. Huh. Modern Woodmen of America barely around, <laughs> um, and mainly concerned with uh, with well, life insurance. Right. Wow. Garmin Bosia. Garmin Bosia. And then the last, um, on uh, November 4th, sorry, November 5th, uh, 1909, the last place I found, uh, the last uh, story I found was actually an advertisement, um, which I thought was, uh, it, it relates to Albuquerque's status as a center for health seekers. Huh. Uh, it was a place, of course, for people with tuberculosis to come and receive treatment because the idea was that the dry air would... Uh, shrivel the tuberculosis bacteria in no. your lungs so you could just hang out on the porch all day and get better. Of course, people died by the droves anyway, but at <laughs> least they didn't do it in their hometowns. This is that gross story you told us earlier. I'm full of dread. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. So this was one I had not heard about. It's called Bronson Sanatorium. Sorry, Sanitarium. Um, from what I understand, Sanatorium is slightly different than Sanitarium. Uh, in that a sanitarium related to general health treatment and sanatorium was more typically concerned with just like tuberculosis. Um, it's called Branson Sanitarium. It was located right here in, uh, in downtown Albuquerque. Um, and it wasn't concerned with tuberculosis so much. But rather piles. Got any idea what piles are? What uh, guys are piles? Just stop, the, just stop this episode right now. <laughs> hemorrhoids. They were all about the treatment of, of hemorrhoids. But they had fancy electrical equipment to treat your hemorrhoids with. And then they also, um, in a later uh, later issue, they, they advertise, Novi uh, Bronson Sanitarium installs new apparatus for the treatment of diseases of women. And there is a picture of a doctor with some sort of machine with lots of levers and dials, and it looks like something from uh, Frankenstein's laboratory. Um, wow. wow! So it seemed like they were mainly concerned with the lower half of people. Uh, they poured a bunch of money into the Albuquerque Journal. Hmm. There is a uh, there's an advertisement in the journal almost every single issue in 1909 and 1910. And then they're just gone after that. And uh, mm -hmm. right about 1911, there's an ad saying that, that their stuff is for sale. Oh, uh, man. Dr. Bronson and his brother, Dr. Bronson, uh, began as homeopathic um, pharmacists. Homeopathy is a, is a alternate therapy, medical therapy. Right, often involving extreme dilution of things, like to yeah. the point that there's no apparent scientific way that it's doing anything from what i understand the yeah. basic theory has to do with vibrations of atoms uh, so the idea is that you add uh, a substance uh to water huh. and then it causes 
the atoms to vibrate in a certain way and sympathy with that substance. Interesting. But you want to actually dilute it so much that the actual substance itself is no longer present in any kind of actual uh, hmm. actual way. So when you take the uh, take the concoction, what you're getting is the supposedly helpful vibrations of the atoms. Interesting. Um, it's worth well, noting that. Also, they thought this sucks. Let's get into the piles biz. <laughs> I wonder what they did after. <laughs> There's so many other growths to. No. Yeah, address. I don't know what happened to them after that. I hope they were actually legitimate and operating in good faith, at least, because that probably would be a really miserable health affliction. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> whoa, you never, I mean, how interesting. And, and you said that they were just upstairs, huh? They were, they were upstairs. They, um, let me see if we can pull up the address here real quick. Here we go. 224 West Central Avenue <laughs> upstairs. Um, 224 West Central Avenue? Yeah. That's just west of Broadway Boulevard. Um, I believe that's where the new uh, the new Hilton Hotel is going up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I'm seeing the legacy. No, this is where the big hotel is going up. It's right at the corner of uh, Broadway and uh, and Central. Yeah, that looks familiar. Okay. So that's what oh. I've got. That takes us through third, okay. fourth, and fifth. Wow. Good okay. stuff, Ty. So, Nora, yes. what did you find in the uh, Albuquerque of 1909? This takes us to the weekend, Saturday, November sixth, um, and what really caught my eye were the wanted ads uh-huh. and the different advertisements for jobs, for rooms, wanting a job. So let me pull that up real quick. Central and Third is uh, where that was. Oh, Central and Third. Yeah. What's there now? Um, that one place that it has nightclubs in it and they never last uh, yeah. and uh the library is very near there bar and grill you could, it's within the side of the sunshine theater and there's all that parking area remember mm-hmm. we came out of that club that one time when we were in grad school and there were all those bees oh yeah that's right yes. <laughs> they were like swarming around a parking meter uh-huh after coming out of Jeez. the lotus that I was do so remember fun. that good time and we saved the bees yeah we did you got a local beekeeper right to come yes. get them that's awesome time um, so, you know, th- it's just so interesting to look at the jobs of the time yeah. that are happening in Albuquerque. Wanted girls familiar with Spanish names for plain copying. Huh. Must be okay. good in penmanship. Um, experienced dressmaker wanted for a business on Central. Um, and then we see these nods to people coming out here for tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. So one ad says, wanted to rent... Four or five room furnished house, close in, must be modern, family of two, no health seekers. Nobody wow. with tuberculosis is allowed. Yeah. Right, because it was. No health you know, seekers. Can, it was worried that it was a. Um, you would just get it by being around. Uh, Which is a reasonable TB. fear, yeah. honestly. Mm, I guess so. It was a very contagious disease. I yeah, mean, especially since they were always, always spitting. That was. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And it comes up again in. Um, uh, advertisement for a position wanted young man huh. no longer huh. wants outside work no willing, longer wow also willing to do anything which okay it, it, <laughs> there's yeah. not much more to go <laughs> i read a book about that. human trafficking but yeah that <laughs> makes me not like that um <laughs> the the uh that book it said that the the haitian word for slave is the there for that which is like what? Yeah, there for that. There oh, for that. Go there for that. Yeah, they're there oh. for whatever you need. That they're oh. there for that. Interesting. And then mm. I always mm. like seeing what's for sale. 
Yeah. Um, and one for sale ticket to Mexico City, cheap if taken at once. Mm-hmm. So okay. uh, someone's looking to, <laughs> yeah. And then extracted honey, ten pounds for a dollar. Huh. New wow. buggies, <laughs> barnyard and slaughterhouse fertilizers. Just all this interesting stuff that kind of reveals yeah. the life of totally. then yeah. Albuquerque. You right. could you could write an amazing essay that was just nothing but excerpts from like wanted ads from the year of 1909 or any year or something like that. Oh, you totally. Just be very selective about how you uh, what you choose and mm-hmm. how you place them. And then there was different legal notices, which I never pay attention to in modern newspapers. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it was interesting to see... Um, one was a homesteader putting in to certify that this land would be his. And wow. it was his name was Emil Mann. And then he became uh, a figure in the city. And there's now a subdivision okay. on the really? base of Sandia named after him. So if you look up Emil Mann, Emil Mann. most of the hits are That's for property for the in the subdivision. Interesting. Yeah. He made his mark. Yeah. And mm. then the, the, the last thing I found interesting was this kind of this um, summary of different things the city council was deciding on. Oh, fascinating. I can't wait to hear this. So uh, the gist of the article is that all these city councilors are taking a really long time to decide on these different bids. So they're saying city fathers deliberate for two hours on terms of an advertisement for bids and adjourn. Um, And then getting into the the ordinances that were on deck. Hmm. Um, one was a building code, which mm-hmm. the article says it had 121 mm-hmm. sections. Wow. Okay. So who knows what that says. Um, and then in addition, there are pending an ordinance regulating places of amusement and requiring all theaters to keep a fireman in attendance at all times. That makes wow. sense because those old fire those old theaters would go up like totally tender mm. yeah uh, in fact they often did, right. they did in albuquerque right there yeah. were several very high profile fires uh, yeah. that burned down opera houses and totally when when that uh when that boiler exploded at the chemo and killed mm-hmm. bobby darnell that you know created the ghost legend right. that's over there in the 50s there was a little sidebar article in the journal that day that said uh remembering the crystal theater fire at and it was from like 20 years before or something like that. Yeah. So I think okay. they they still... It was uh, very much on everyone's mind. Yeah, they were yeah. basically like death traps. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hmm. Huh. Um, there was also an ordinance fixing an auctioneer's license and describing the duties and responsibility of the auctioneer. Hmm. An ordinance prohibiting wine rooms. Yeah. So we were doing some research into... Uh, a a, uh, a brothel that existed right around this time, and it was uh, euphemistically referred to as a wine room. So that's, I suppose, Interesting. dealing with the yeah. brothel issue. Mm-hmm. Huh. There was also there was a place up in Sandia Park that was called a tea room, and that tea had a, a reputation as well of being a place where you could always get booze and yeah, and, <laughs> and <laughs> who knows what else. Other things besides there. tea, yeah. right? Right around where the Shell Station is at the turn off to the road to the uh, Crest Road up there. Right. Yeah. And then there was another more complicated ordinance providing additional police regulations and adding a few duty to those of the city marshal. And then it goes on to explain that it's changing who 
can set bonds. Not all policemen can set bonds. And all policemen have to start carrying around oh. um, a pad of paper and writing down oh, okay. <laughs> the different laws. So it's like a very basic wow. regulation. That Early was the days. lapel camera mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. It's a pad of paper yeah. that they wrote right, down. You should write yeah. some Here. stuff down. Don't Here just grab people. Each policeman under the new regulation is to be provided with a pocket stub book on which he must keep a record of all arrests. Wow. So thinking that this wasn't happening before, you know. Yeah, oh. apparently yeah. it wasn't, right? Sorry, yeah. my, my pen was turned off. <laughs> oh. Oh, lies. <laughs> wow, that's re- what a find and how relevant. Yeah. One that stood out to me was, this is a quote, John Lee Clark left last night for the reservation where he has gone to pick up several thousand pounds of Navajo blankets for holiday business. The new, quote, dollar a pound, end quote, selling plan of the shop of the Indian horse is certainly moving the goods. And so this guy, John Lee Clark, owned um, a shop called Mm -hmm. the shop of the Indian horse. A dollar a pound? What way is that to measure art? That's horrible. I know. (laughs) And he has a private collection at UNM. So I think of of fossils and things. So I think he, for just these random individuals, Mm -hmm. mainly white men, um, but (laughs) he put in a patent in 1913 for high dry, H-I hyphen D-R-I. Huh. Um, What's that? And so that is beer. That's a powder. Clothes racks. <laughs> oh, clothes that's racks. A, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not. Uh, okay. That's a little Pretty disappointing. <laughs> I know. Okay. But I wonder if he got it and used it in Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> it's down Nordstrom's. Wait, no, that's not right. Oh, what good finds! This, this is good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Anything else? No. I mean, I could read all these things. <laughs> just, really just fascinating. What's your takeaway? What's your, what do you feel like your this little window into this other time has given you? I, I do feel like mm-hmm. it is more personal. Huh. Maybe especially as shown in these small notices. You know, Roy S. Green died yesterday, four noon at huh. his rooms, huh. 1026 North 6th Street at the age of 30 years. The deceased who came here as a health seeker a year oh. ago from East Liverpool he leaves a widow and one daughter. The oh. remains will likely be sent to the old home for internment. Mm. But just like all these lives uh, yeah. ending yeah. and beginning and doing stuff here. But in this way that reading the Albuquerque Journal, I don't get a personal it's feel true. for yeah. the city. Yeah, not the really. Inhabitants. Huh. I mean, yeah, this this pays attention to things that aren't just like yeah. crime and, mm-hmm. and politics, yeah. I guess. I mean... I, yeah, I still get things out of s- things that I've read in the journal, you know, mm-hmm. but, but like it's, I always like the writers, but I can sense the editorial hand behind, oh, yeah. like behind, yeah. behind, uh, behind that, you know, um, did you, uh, did you, uh, see the Madame Dean's French female pills? No. Okay. Oh, tell us about this that. One, because this is on, uh, uh, November 8th. Um, Madame Dean's French female pills. A safe, certain relief for suppressed menstruation never known to fail. Sold in Albuquerque by J.U. O'Reilly Company. Wow. So suppressed menstruation is uh, a way of referring to pregnancy. Um, these are pills Dang. for uh, initiating wow. an abortion. Wow. Wow. So they existed in 1909. I love that they're called French. They're French huh. female pills. Huh. I wonder if that was, yeah, like the code or if all female pills or... Interesting. That's yeah. so interesting. Interesting. Wow. That Well, that's... Uh, and could you advertise uh, that in today's paper? 
No, I, yeah. Even a coated pill know, that would maybe. Like Plan B. Yeah. Is that ever? I've never seen that advertised ever. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's fascinating. Though. Wow. Oh my gosh. I like. I want to read a book that just like goes through all all these old papers. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to write it. It'll be a city right. on the and edge. Was it shameful production. to buy it, or was it totally whatever? Or I wonder. Well, I mean. I mean, mean, you know, did the person yeah. feel? It was as late as Carl Rove that abortion and gay marriage were like weaponized and as movers of, uh, you know, a certain base. You know. Well, yeah. and I wonder how uh, early it was weaponized. Like, was it not yeah, as huh. big yeah. of a deal in this era? Huh. Well, it was illegal at this point, I believe, but it, you could refer to it obliquely, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in this kind of a way. Yeah. And of course, they were... Um, Wow. <laughs> the the view of like medicine was you know there wasn't an fda really to right uh, yeah try drinking this <laughs> really hard alcohol young boy right, right. <laughs> see <laughs> child um amazing stuff all right what'd you so, find mike all right so i had november 8th and 9th mm-hmm. and i couldn't believe how like story after story seemed to lead directly to the present wow. and how um just you know how f- like f- strangely foreign it was like it just felt so far away 110 yeah, years ago um on, on november 8th there here's an editorial for instance from the journal and the journal was kind of weird at the time in that it mixed together articles editorials and advertisements yeah, kind yeah. of without yeah, ever yeah. there's no showing differentiation what, like they're they're all it just, just in these one. columns yeah they yeah. run together it's like here's an article about something horrible that happened. And here's us urging you to buy this product from one of our sponsors. And, and here's a Bible verse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it was like, whoa. Okay, glad someone was writing this stuff down. But okay. Um, like here, here's this article. Alcohol foe to human progress. Drinking dangerous to health and morals. Startling arraignment of traffic contained in report of American delegate to International Congress on Drink. And they have these clunky, long subtitles. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. whoa. Um, Alcohol and alcoholism are two of the real and substantial enemies of moral, artistic, and commercial progress of the human race, according to the report of the United States delegates to the 12th International Congress on Alcoholism. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, kind of interesting. Uh, a lot about tuberculosis also. Sure. I I never noticed any of the stuff that you two did about, uh, especially you, Nora, about banning people. Right, from, I didn't see that either. That, that's really, that's a great find. Uh, very interesting. I mean, kind of reasonable, like... When I used to live in Alaska, there were signs all over, like, no fisher people and stuff like that. Like, if you smell like fish and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you were ever not fishing and didn't smell like fish, it was horrible when people came in and just stuck in the whole restaurant. So so it was like, it's different. It's a different sort of discrimination that, like, kind of has a basis in reality on, like, racism and other things. Um, But... uh, Let's see. I mean, like, yeah, maybe you don't want to tenant with tuberculosis. People <laughs> well, tend yeah, to get it, right. and there's no cure. Yeah, I don't know. know exactly how how communicable yeah. it was, really. Right. You know? Yeah, but I thought it was very interesting. All the help wanted ads were very. Uh, they had this like strict gender binary. They were always looking for like men to do these handful of jobs and women to do these mm-hmm. other jobs. And yeah. they were separated. It yeah. said wanted for female. I found, and then wanted. Yeah. For right. Men, so. Yeah. Or help guys. wanted male. Men learn barber trade. Short time required. Wanted young men who can furnish references to become salesmen. Uh, wanted boy for dining room work and help around place Albuquerque <laughs> Sanitarium. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. Wanted a cook, male or female, apply at once. Well, that one, that's that's Aww. that's that's, that's exclu- inclusive. Cool. That's nice. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah. Help wanted female, girl for general boutique work, dressmaker wanted, girl for general housework, girl for general housework, girl for light housework, yeah. no cooking, whatever that means. They're Very all specifically. girls. Yeah. There, was, there were also articles where I'm sure... You know, the uh, the science on this would be interesting to get into, but uh, blaming tuberculosis on dust. Oh, and, uh, okay. Which, like, dust pneumonia was a thing also. That was, you know, Woody, Woody Guthrie saying about that. Well, and they uh, tuberculosis was a, a lot about the air. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and things yeah. in the air. Like, yeah. I, usually I read about, like, swamp vapors was yeah. what they were mm-hmm. convinced that it was caused right. by. And these, these still persist as folk beliefs. I remember I was in Guatemala, and I had dengue fever and malaria. <laughs> like at the dengue same time. fever? Yeah, it was, it was horrible. And I went to the doctor, and they gave me basically, like, strychnine in pill form. Yeah. And they said... Be sure to stay out of the night air because the bad humors will oh. worsen your sickness. <laughs> and I was like, I, I think that you might want to read the more recent liter- uh, yeah. journal or something. You know? uh, but um, I thought it was very interesting to see the ads for things that I was kind of aware of, like the harsh bottling works in Cor- Coyote Springs in, uh-huh. in, okay. uh, in Terrace Canyon. You know, I, I had heard oral histories of people... Um, uh, you know, the, the wagons, like the corks popping out as they went I've down heard the that bumpy too, roads, right, you yeah. know, from the shaken up water. Because it was, it was uh, like an uh, carbonated water. Right, right? yeah, it, it was, was fizzy, yeah, yeah. Naturally carbonated. Right, here's an ad. There are two mineral springs in Coyote Canyon. The harsh bottling works control and bottle the famous water that comes from theirs. T-H-E-I-R apostrophe S. That's not right. right. Yeah. But I feel like nobody in history, <laughs> like 70% of people yeah. who have been writing things down at any given time do not understand how apostrophes right, right. work. <laughs> and I include myself there because I constantly make that mistake. Sure. You know? Yeah, no. It, it's but I know at least to correct it before anybody yeah. sees it. Microsoft Word is wrong all the time. It's like, do you mean it apostrophe S? No, I know <laughs> the right... Stop. Um on the resignation of Governor Curry is an editorial that's right next to that ad that I just cited. Um, very interesting. Uh, I guess the, the governor resigned at that point. Yeah, I don't know yeah. that story. Yeah, I don't know that story either, but I want to look it up. We'll have to Something look that to look up. Into Curry is a name you see all across Arizona and New Mexico. Yeah. Mm. Um, I went to Curry Elementary as a little kid oh, whoa. in Tempe, Arizona. It's the same Curry? I don't know, but I know that it was a, a family in the White West that was like, you know, doing right. doing this and that. Uh, I also remarked on the Albuquerque Secret Society's yeah, column. I, I mean, that. just incredible. Um, Pilgrim Commandery number three. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It's uh, secret. You don't get to know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how? It, but ba- Balut Abiyad Temple. I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I've still seen that one. I've driven still by around. The, um, yeah. the, that's the Shriners, right? Yeah. Um, they have the uh, the. Um, huh. Hospital down on oh, okay. uh, Zuni, I believe. Well, if you want to channel your beliefs into helping people, that's great. Yeah, that's good. Right. I'm not going to yeah. dissuade that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, there were, you know, there were bits on oh, bits about. I, I thought some of the pieces from outside of New Mexico were interesting too. Uh-huh. Just they kind totally. of like create the fabric of the time. Like riot attends attempt to prove miracles. Leghorn, Italy. <laughs> Father Gemelli, known as the monk preacher who recently was challenged by the socialist deputy Padreca to prove in public sermons the miracles at Lourdes, today gave a lecture on the subject in the cathedral. A great cow- crowd gathered. Catholics applauded while anti-Catholics shouted, Viva Ferrer! Hmm. Catholics then intoned to him an autumn f- and a tumult followed. A tumult. Yeah, the police intervened and made several arrests. I saw a tumult referred to a, um, 
via the uh, the Hong Kong protests oh, today. Interesting. And I, huh. Strangely enough, it was referring to one protester getting shot by the police and another protester getting set on fire, and it, it referred to it as a tumult, a which tumult? just didn't seem to like. Oh my gosh! Give it enough gravity. Yeah, like, yeah. it's weird, kind of archaic, semi-archaic word that. To me, it just sounds like you've just dropped your tea tray. Seriously. Like, that's a tumult, totally. you know? Yeah, that's like, I'm trying to remember this comedian that has this bit, oh, about, um, uh, oh, Mike, uh, what's his name? Um, no, no, um, you're going to have to cut this out time. Sorry. Uh, that's it, okay. It's uh, Gary Goldman. He has a bit about his friend being unable to remember, uh, <laughs> like, the right word that she was looking for. And she's like, the documentary. It's about Hitler and all his shenanigans. And, she, <laughs> and he's like, that is the wrong word. Do not all yeah. the monkey shines those not, Nazis used to get up not, to. <laughs> yeah, the the difference between uh, oh, the a lightning bug and lightning camps. is, as uh, Ooh, Mark yeah. Twain said. Um, but uh, I thought this was really interesting. This one stood out to me more than almost anything I looked that I, I saw in this paper. I think this is from the 8th as well. A Prophecy Fulfilled. I will make your land a light unto the world and a blessing unto all the inhabitants thereof. And there is nowhere on record a more striking or more literal fulfillment of prophecy than it, is, than it is to be found in one little paragraph of the annual report of the Postmaster General, which has just been given to the public. In the collection of statistics, it is stated that during the last 20 years, more than 540... I'm sorry, my phone died. Uh, more than five... $540 million, maybe $640, it's, it's uh, hard to see, okay. has been transmitted by money orders to foreign countries. And the report goes on to say that the most, if not all, of this money was the surplus earnings of immigrants employed in the United States. And huh. so it's like the journal was celebrating immigrants sending money around the world, and they're saying, oh, this is wonderful. Like, we've, like, helped other people out in the world. And not exactly what? a time for very pro-immigrant stances right. either. Like, that... You know, that was the right. anti-Irish time. That's true. Like that. so but there were gentler borders at the time then. Yeah. Like, I, re I read this yeah. book, The Arizona Orphan Abduction, and people were coming up from Mexico to Arizona all the time, probably to New Mexico as well. Like, And the borders were just more porous. And right. It, it yeah. wasn't until 1924, okay. I think, that we got the Border Patrol. It, like, yeah. really, like, you know, trying to draw these lines in the sand with real harshness. But one of, one of the things that I was really excited to find, and this... Uh, was something that just kind of thrilled me because I'm aware of this person. Pioneer citizen passes away at ripe old age. Alexander McKay Whitcomb, for 30 years resident of the city, dies after lingering illness. This was the ex-Civil War soldier, I believe he fought for the North, um, who um, he founded what later became Carlito Springs and was initially mm -hmm. Whitcomb Springs Whoa. and later Hodgetite Springs. And speaking of city corruption, that was a place that got a ton of money from the open space to fix right. it up. And then when right. I went city to the things. opening of it, they like the buildings were still boarded up and the fountains weren't working. They hadn't done anything. Yeah, you can't they, actually visit that area right now. They've they, got the, I mean, legally, uh, they've got the fence yeah, set up there. Oh, You're not supposed geez. to go into Carlito Springs. So Sheesh. there's a story. Somebody should investigate yeah. that. I think I still know the gate code. Ooh. All right. <laughs> uh -huh. From back in the day. Um, what else? Let's see. Um, you know, so that that was very interesting. Like his, he carved uh, dates on the rock that you can still see That's there. So cool. Um, what else? Uh, Navajos to have a tribal brand for horses. I thought that was very interesting. Okay. Oh, this one uh, was a favorite. Uh, badly battered UNM team returns. Varsity men have numerous scratches and bruises to show they played football against Colorado. <laughs> it was a pretty badly crippled bunch of University of New Mexico football men that arrived home from Boulder after one o'clock oh, this okay. morning. The Boulder's victory over the varsity was well earned and that they worked hard for the score of 52 to 0 <laughs> was indicated by what? the battered condition of the Albuquerque boys. 
Almost every man in the bunch had bruises to show. Some had game legs and some had black eyes. Otero, who played a hard game at fullback, was the only man seriously injured, his back being badly wrenched. Jeez. So wait, 52 to 0? Yeah. Hold on, I, I got to check in with our resident football expert. Nora, <laughs> is, that, is that a crazy score? Um, it sounds 52 crazy. 52 to 0. To zero, the 0 makes it crazy. Okay, that I mean, range, 52 is not, yeah. that, not that crazy. Yeah. But well, actually, for the time period, now you get really high scores, but uh-huh. back in the day, there weren't that. It wasn't that oh, high. So, yeah. no, that is a, yeah, that is yeah. officially well, a wild score. This is 1909. So, <laughs> I mean, they took the train up there, I guess, yeah. but uh, still, it's a long trip oh. to just get your butt. And didn't they return yeah. at 1 a.m. or something? Yeah, yeah, sounds right. You know, Colorado, you may, we may have better chili than you, but you beat us at football it, in 1909. Certainly in 1909. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened since then yeah, yeah. when it comes to football, um, but in 1909. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess everyone was just getting hurt constantly because on that literally that same page, that same day, it says, another headline says, two injured in game Saturday. A high school player sustains broken wrist and forearm and UNM fullback suffers wrenched vertebra. And it goes... I mean, yeah, well. it sounds violent. Seriously, it though, is right? violent. It's still violent. Right? I found yeah, ma- it makes me almost feel better about being a football fan yeah. these days because there's more protection. Yeah, yeah, you don't get as many broken bones. Yeah, you just yeah. Get more of a, yeah. a debilitating right. long-term head injuries. Right. <laughs> Those statistics are skewed. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Well, uh-oh. <laughs> you've got family connections. You yeah, have a vested be a interest in this. Here. Um, I found an ad for Strong Brothers Undertakers. They're yeah, still they're around. Still around sure. Oh, cool. Um, this is a very interesting article. Denver looking for arrival of balloonists. I love this. I read I this mean, one too. How neat, you know? But yeah, it was a it was an Albuquerque balloonist. I love that ballooning is such an important part of Albuquerque even back then. Nineteen oh nine. Newspaper wires for information as to whereabouts of aeronauts. Stam. Let's see, what does this say? These it's are Stam, right? Stam. Oh yeah, Stam from the P- uh, Pecan family. I'm guessing mm-hmm. then, huh? Oh whoa. And uh, and it's a little blurry here. Ladder goes to the coast, but that's pretty interesting. Well, I, I uh, they were waiting for them in Denver, but they never yeah. they never made right. it past like the mountain range. <laughs> like they but just, they survived. Right. They, survived. Right. they survived. Okay. Yeah, they, survived. they said they wanted to create some sort of altimeter that would allow them to like it was like, it would be like a special device they were working on that would allow them to maintain an altitude. Mm-hmm. But, um, pretty pretty interesting. I I like that the city has that. You know, yeah. like it's it's easy to want to be jaded about it because it's like traffic every year for one month. But it's yeah. like a cool thing that we have. It's I such think. a cool thing to it's see magical. all the balloons yeah. go up, yeah. and you just yeah. sort of like see them floating above the highway, yeah. and it's super surreal. Totally. I would like to see it less corporate. I think. Yeah, no, you know, I like, there. I'm not moved by a Creamland or a Wells Fargo <laughs> right. balloon. I'm like, oh, look at those <laughs> logos. They're beautiful. <laughs> um, the <laughs> the uh. uh they should divest from pipelines. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, important improvements in Albuquerque District. This was very, uh, very interesting. Um, uh, you know, basically just tons of roads, tons of everything. I think I, I saw ten to $12,000 being put into it at the time, like uh-huh. just expanding the city. And, yeah. you know, it, that is just really interesting. Oh, okay. One more story. <laughs> Sorry. This is, okay, this is my last page of notes here. Sure. Sorry, but... Um, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Squalid poverty discover, discovered in Guad, Guadalupe. Yeah, you were telling us about this. This story, Americans live in rags in foothills. So the Guadalupe Mountains, for those of you that don't know, down on the New Mexico-Texas border by uh-huh. Carlsbad. The, the Carlsbad Caverns is literally underneath the Guadalupe yeah, Mountains. Yeah, sure. 
Um, yeah, you all know, but like yeah. maybe someone listening. No, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah, yeah, okay. I'm not <laughs> questioning your. your uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't say this. Okay, right. I'm just trying to uh, prove that I know yeah. things too. I once rode through there hitchhiking in a horse trailer, and there were boards missing, and I was just, I just remember the road whipping past underneath, terrifyingly sitting on these couple of boards. Uh, when I think of the Guadalupe's, anyway, uh, superintendent of Children's Home Society rescues little girl from appalling surroundings west of Carlsbad, in the most abject pop abject poverty with barely enough tatters to cover their nakedness. Americans are living in the foothills of the Guadalupe Mountains west of Carlsbad, New Mexico, amid filth and squalor that would make the crudest inhabitants of the Tennessee wilderness look favor favored in comparison. According to Dr. Charles F. Blah, 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 Lekin, something, superintendent of the Children's Home Society of New Mexico, who returned yesterday after a trip of investigation into this country. While on his trip, Dr. Larkins, something removed from her shocking surroundings, a little 12-year-old girl dressed in the rough skins of goats and will provide through the society a home for the waif who lived alone in a dirty hut with her aged father, the latter being dressed when found entirely in a torn old coat which would hardly hang upon him and a pair of trousers reduced to ribbons which did not come to the knees. Wow. Oh. And you think about, like, oh. New Mexico is... is you know, there's plenty of like kind of wild country yeah. here, and you go oh, up yeah. in the mountains, and you oh, don't yeah. know what you're gonna there's find. There's still poverty, yeah. But you just think about like yeah. what, it, what it must have been like then in 1909. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I doubt they were the only ones living in. No <laughs> kidding. Do you think that bluff. was a nefarious situation or? It sounds just like super serious super poverty, poverty, right? Like just you go up and you try to survive in the mountains, and maybe you don't do so well, and you barely cling on, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. you do what you make do, and I think that's to me that's what it sounds totally. like. Yeah, what were they doing there to start with? I mean, whoa! And then right underneath it, it says, "Perhaps your grocer does not sell Burnett's vanilla." <laughs> oh, tone deaf. But you you go Journal. out driving on like the Tularosa <laughs> Plateau, yeah, and there are the, these houses from old homesteads oh, yeah. out there. And it's so far away from anything. And again, totally. that's now. Yeah. And these houses were, you know, existing. People lived in them in like the totally. 30s and 40s. Um, they're just trying to make a go of it, right? Like totally. It's the American dream yeah, is you yeah. go out there and you, you scrape a living from the earth. Right. And there must be so many stories of, of the homesteads that failed. And oh it sounds gosh. like this might be one of them. A you know? million, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that's wow. wild. And... <laughs> Yeah, it says also that such poverty has not been seen outside the Alleghenies, which were are in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania apparently, which, okay, yeah. yeah, I don't know. You know, that's yeah. that's Appalachia, right? Yeah. Appalachians. Well, like nor northern anyway. Yeah. yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't know if it's still the Appalachians, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, it totally is because the Appalachians go all the way up to uh, Cape Gaspé. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah, which you're right. Is, like famous for poverty back in yeah. the day. And that's like the standard oh, yeah. for poverty, right, I suppose. Right. Which yeah. I guess even then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they go up beyond that if you go under the ocean through like Newfoundland. So. But um, yeah, I found this such an absolutely 100% fascinating exercise. Yeah. I'm so glad that you are bad yeah. at math. And, uh, Me too. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, I think we should, we should uh, take a trip back in time from... from, from uh, you know, episode to episode. Oh, like we totally. Should, Let's know, do this in, again. Mm -hmm. In six months, we'll try it again. We'll go to a, yeah. you know, a different a different time period. Or Sounds something great. Like that and see what we can yeah. find. Unless our listeners are like, that was the worst episode. Never <laughs> yeah, do one of those. You know, if it is. Or, no, they're, or they're like, this was the best. Yeah. Only this. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. We want you guys just to live in 1909 <laughs> and report back to us. 
If any of our listeners have a good grasp of Curry resigning, I would love to hear yeah, more about that. Cool do we that. think we have any like history geek fans that like obsess I, over stuff? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I know we do, but yeah. I don't know that the Curry yeah. governorship is one yeah. of them. Well, I, so I have this book, The First Ladies of New Mexico, and it starts in like 1912. Uh-huh. So like maybe... Maybe well, that was statehood. the scandal. That's statehood. So this would have been the territory. Curry didn't have a lady. <gasps> I don't need anyone. Um, well, let's uh, let's transport ourselves back to the present. Here. All right. <laughs> and then uh, we need to uh, remind our listeners that we have. Oh yeah, an event. Yep. The Lash of the Penitentes. Yes. Will be showing one showing only. Mm-hmm. On November 23rd at 1 p.m. at the Guild Cinema, mm-hmm. patrons get in free. And uh, you'd like to know, no doubt, how can you become a patron, Mike? Uh, just go to our website and go to patreon.com. <laughs> oh, yeah, go to <laughs> City oh, yeah. on the Edge. Do what Ty said. <laughs> <laughs> and you can become uh, one of uh, one of our supporters, whom we love unconditionally. No matter what you do, I, I, we will love you forever. That's not true. No, it is true. If you if you kill a child, okay, if you well, keep not. a child, I went terrible poverty child. in the you bottom late of the mountains. I always gotta go to this violent place. <laughs> if you kill a child <laughs> that we don't like, then it's fine. We don't oh, care. It's I okay. feel like Seth Meyers, every analogy, and Stephen Colbert's is like, it's like getting stabbed. I'm like, why? Why bring this in for everything? <laughs> okay. So let me just uh, read off our, our current patrons. And we love okay. you. Oh. We love you very much. All right. A- Amy Gabe, Amy Nevitt, uh, Ben Tucker, Christopher Holden, uh, Courtney Fitzgerald. That's familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farrell M. Smith. Wow. Uh, 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 there's some names on here that, that dropped out, which is very sad, but you know, we life, get life it. We get it. Yeah. We forgive you. Even we've had some gaps between episodes at times. So yeah. that, it's, it's cool. Whatever. Isaac Clark, Jean-Yves, whom we just saw. Uh, yeah. In, uh, yeah. Shout out to Jean-Yves. Here. Yeah. We had Jim a great time hanging out with him. Panhorst. Hey, Jean-Yves. Jesse Crawford, uh, Jim Robillard, huh. uh, Julie Bannerman, Kelsey. This is new. Kelsey. T-itchen. Wow, cool. cool. Um, Lando Enchantment, uh, who, who just received a T-shirt. And if you need a T-shirt and I haven't given you one, uh, please let me know. I've just got a new shipment in, so uh, we oh, can great. get them to you. Natasha Chizdies, who's one of our favorite people ever. Neil, just Neil. Nicole Finch, Rachel Langer. Oh, she's uh, awesome. Ryan Schiff, Sandra Dodd. Oh, she's great. And uh, that's it for now. Listen to her um, episode. It was very good. David we Bowie. we love you all. Uh, like I said, unconditionally. Um, <laughs> even those of you who aren't uh, who aren't supporting anymore, uh, we uh, we still hold you in our we, hearts, we and we know it. you'll come yeah. back at some point. We're all um, living in this yeah. economy too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, anyway, all of you guys will get in free to the showing uh, at the Guild Cinema, and there will be a special gift for you. So make sure you let oh. the uh, people at the door know that you are a patron and they'll have a list and they'll mm-hmm. check you off and you get in free and you'll get a special gift. It's so. just leftovers Ooh. from Ty's fridge. <laughs> it's just, this is whatever I found in my couch that day. <laughs> so chewed up Legos, some old popcorn. Wow, thanks. And a pencil. But Ty's <laughs> butt touched it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're always got to take it there. Well, thank you for joining us. This, and uh, What a blast of an episode. I had yeah, so much fun. It was pretty fun. Yeah. But you should edit this we'll one. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I'll be <laughs> We'll do it again sometime. <laughs> <laughs>